0: You're listening to the Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food. With your host, Barbara Castiglia.
1: Welcome to the Main Course. Our guest today is Dirk Izzo, who is the Senior Vice President of NCR Hospitality. Uh, Pretty much everybody is familiar with NCR. been around for more than a hundred years. One of its first names was the National Cash Register. For those of us who still remember cash registers, um, so they, you know, they've been an industry leader uh, for many, many years and are now in more than seventy-five thousand restaurants around the world. So, welcome, Dirk. You know, just tell us a little bit, I guess, about NCR and and kind of what the role that that the company plays in keeping restaurants running.
0: Yeah. Hey, Barbara. First, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate the invite. And it's great to be here. Um, so a little bit about NCR, uh, I took the job with NCR about three years ago. And uh, it's it's funny, because when I talk to my kids and my friends about NCR, they say, oh, that's the cash register company. We see you know cash registers. And ironically, it's a small part of our business. Um, we do a lot with software and a lot with services. And so when you think about our role uh, as a company, and the way I think about it, uh, my focus is helping our customers keep commerce running. And we have, 15,000 service professionals around the globe that uh, if there's a problem with a customer and they're not not able to operate their their company or their restaurant, we can send somebody out to help them. And I think that's probably one of the biggest advantages we provide to uh, to customers out there and really helping them keep commerce running.
1: What do you think are the main problems that NCR solves for restaurants now? Yeah, it's...
0: You know, it's it's changing a little bit um, with COVID and the pandemic. What I would tell you is, if you think about point of sale in general for a restaurant, um, whether it's a small restaurant or a French or a franchisee, uh, it is the heart of the restaurant. It runs everything for that restaurant. So the labor scheduling, it's the uh, reservations. If there's reservations, it's the payroll. It's all those things get run out of that core heart of the restaurant. And we still do that for restaurants today. Some of the focus areas that we have right now is really helping customers address certain personas. And we're seeing a big shift in the consumer persona. So the ability for consumers to order food uh, remotely, we either pick it up or have it delivered. Um, we see a, a big push right now for ordering via your own personal device in the restaurant. And we could talk some more about that as well as as well as well payments. So that's one persona we're addressing. Another big one that we see is the general manager. Um, so a general manager of a restaurant or an owner of a franchise um, are really really focused on some key metrics. What's my forecast? How am I doing against that? Were there any comps given? All that sort of stuff. And we want to bring that right to the general manager's fingertips, which we've been doing and we're in the process of enhancing it. And the last two that we're really focused on is really the servers and making sure that we have technology in their hands to be able to take orders at the table if required or take orders um, to to bust a queue at a drive-through as well. Um, And then obviously uh, we're pretty well known for our kitchen capabilities. And so with all these orders coming in digitally, being able to orchestrate them in the kitchen and get uh, get things out effectively and efficiently is really critical and that's one of our strong areas.
1: And you did mention, um, you know, kind of the tech revolution that we're seeing during the pandemic. with contactless and QR codes and and all of these solutions that um, you know were, were a necessity for restaurants to survive. Um, so what what are you seeing out there, and um, do you think restaurants are gonna you know continue to look to tech um, because now they're finally seeing their value? You know, it wasn't something in the future. It's like yeah, we're using this and it's and it's working and it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I so I think um, the answer that's yes. I think we've seen about three years worth of innovation in about a six month period, um, and I think if if we just look at the data on the pandemic and what it's done, when the pandemic hit across the globe, because we're a global company, we saw a big dip and customers struggling because they they didn't have a dine in capability. So drive throughs were obviously critical, and then if people um, didn't have were were dine in only, they had to switch to e commerce, and so we helped customers set up over. 2000 plus sites of e-commerce for people. So if they could take on, um, you know, orders from off-prem and have people pick up or get it delivered. And so we saw people rebound. So 90% of the business went down. We saw them rebound back up with e-commerce to capture a large portion of that. And then when government shut back down a little bit, we saw a little bit of a decline. But we're seeing um, we're seeing pretty steady at about 50% of the business coming in via e-commerce. Um, In fact, Deloitte and McKinsey both did some recent studies that show only about 30 to 40% of consumers are comfortable going back into restaurants right now, which means that e-commerce is going to play a big role out there. And then on the QR code, you, you mentioned the QR codes. We, about two years ago, we saw that in China. It was a big, something that lifted off in China, where people were eliminating the front end of the restaurant and going to QR code. So you'd scan the QR code, you'd order your food. It'd go directly to the kitchen, and you'd just go pick it up over at a at a at a, uh, at a window, especially in coffee shops. We saw that, and so that technology, I think, is just coming. It's coming to the U.S. very rapidly, and we see customers adopting that pretty quickly.
1: So, because you guys are such a worldwide corporation, um, are you seeing different solutions are more prominent in different parts of the world?
0: Well, there's a big push right now on touchless across the world because. Nobody wants to touch a menu. They don't want to touch a a receipt. Things like that. So that's a big um, focus. But there are always areas where technology emerges, and uh, the benefit we have, right, is we get to see that. We say, "Huh, this is something that's pretty interesting," and we can we can make decisions as to where that where that's going to go and evolve to next. Um, I gave you the China example, but on on touchless as touchless as an example, we took that technology and we said, "Okay, how do we how do we enable that technology?" And in a matter of 45 days we took and had an app that was QR code based, where you could sit down at a table, scan the QR code, order your food, it gets delivered and you could pay right from there. Um, We put that in in place at Coupa Cafe as an example. And over 50% of their orders, we thought it was gonna take a while to to take off, over 50% of their orders are uh, coming in through that app right now today. And that that was in two weeks that that happened.
1: Yeah, that's all these things just, they had to happen. So, you know, we're seeing these, uh, you know, solutions via necessity. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, restaurants are relying on tech and kind of need to think of themselves as digital businesses. Um, so how do digital channels kind of enable business continuity and kind of help with the, the flow of a restaurant?
0: I think it's going to be really important because a, a consumer wants to have a digital experience, whether it's outside or off-prem the restaurant or if they're dining in a restaurant. and And I think that's going to really shift the way we as consumers want to interact with people. Um, I think the biggest the biggest thing, and the customers I've seen be most successful are the ones that tie loyalty in with that digital experience. So if we as consumers go to a restaurant today and they know who we are, we made a reservation or we walk in, they know who we are. They, they know our preferences. And when you're in a digital world, they don't know who you are. They can't see you. And so you've got to be able to have some sort of a loyalty program in place so that they know my preferences, they know who I am um, and they can interact with me as an individual. And that gives them two benefits. One is you can personalize the experience, which is great because that makes me want to come back. But also you can, Based upon my based upon my behaviors, you can cross sell and upsell me other items that I may not have uh, purchased uh, historically.
1: Yeah, I, I remember seeing something a few years ago about how people were more inclined to purchase something from a tech product as opposed to a person. Um, you know, because that would enable them to kind of uh, you know not not have to tell somebody something. Oh yeah, I'll take those home fries or, you know, if, but if it's on the thing, oh, well, they don't even, they don't know. Um, You know, a lot of what, what we're, you know, you're, that you're kind of hitting on is the kind of guest centric um, need for technology, but it still has to have that hospitality angle, you know, the personalization aspect. So how can, you know, how can technology help the hospitality along?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to continue to evolve. Um, we're doing a lot on the innovation front right now um, to kind of foster new ideas and come up with, with areas where we think we can we can help restaurants uh, be more effective and more efficient. And I think there's I think there's two areas we're keenly focused on. One is the efficiency of the restaurant. So how do you shave a second off a drive through line? Because that's millions of dollars of savings for a, for a quick service restaurant. And then how do you create a delightful consumer experience Um, because that's what's going to keep people coming back and on the innovation front we did we did some pretty cool things this year so we just had a hackathon even with this pandemic we did a remote hackathon we had two thousand participants tons of ideas we evaluated all of them and this is one of the ways we do innovation we do these a couple times a year and all these ideas we reviewed we got it down to a top 10 and eventually to one idea which we're now uh, we're in the process of productizing that idea and there's three more that are on the backlog to be productized this year as well. So that's just an example of some of the innovations we're doing.
1: So what what did the hackathon involve?
0: So we go out to um, to NCR employees that want to participate, and we go out to local schools as well. So we're an Atlanta-based company. We work with Georgia Tech, but we had a lot of other universities as well participate. And um, we we open up a set of APIs, and we open up a set of problems to to this to this space. We say here's here's the here's the challenges we're seeing in the industry. What are your thoughts? And they come back with all sorts of creative ideas on how, how they could reimagine it. And it's um it's it's really it's really interesting to see their their thought process and the way they approach some of these things because it's different than the way I, I would approach them, which is what makes it so interesting.
1: You know, you deal with both the independent restaurant channel and QSRs. Um, you know, so how are how are the QSR and the fast casuals kind of doing with all of this? Um, are there, you know, any examples you have of um, people who are being successful, you know, in the on the digital front?
0: Yeah, I, I think um, QSRs are weathering the storm much better than the uh, than the table service restaurants um, because they have the drive thru and they had business going through the drive thru. And a few of the QSRs I've been very close to um, are doing about ninety percent of the business they were doing before the pandemic. It's just shifted to the drive thru. So people still want uh, want their food and want their want their experiences. Um, so that's very good for them. Some of the things we've done to help with that are, um, are around cue busting. And so if you've ever been to a Chick-fil-A or a McDonald's and you, you see how efficient their drive-thrus are, um, we actually put tech in place to help them take your order. Um, so I'll, I'll use a Chick-fil-A uh, experience. So I drove to a Chick-fil-A and the, my first reaction was, oh my God, that line is really long, I don't wanna go. And I, I got into the line, it was two lines. Somebody took my order the next ter- person took my uh, credit card the next person gave me my receipt the next person gave me my food and i was in and out of there in a matter of minutes and i was blown away with the efficiency and tech is, is used across all all four of those uh, uh well the first three stations obviously and then and then they hand me the food at the end so that's an example of how efficient they can be with technology and queue busting
1: so for the independent restaurants how do they compete how can they use digital to you know, survive in their own space?
0: We see a lot of people rethinking um, curbs- curbside pickup. So an independent restaurant, um, most of them don't have drive throughs If they do, they're lucky, but a lot of them don't have drive throughs So now they're faced with, how do I have an experience to su- support customers that want to dine in, but then don't disturb those customers with the amount of uh, digital transactions that are coming in? So we see a couple things. One is we see people s- separating out the uh, the staging area for pickup, if you will, whether it's a, a DoorDash or a GrubHub, um, or or their own delivery, right, their own their own delivery channel. We see them separating those two things. So they're not disturbing their dine-in guests. And the second thing we see is people focused heavily on how do I create a curbside experience. And so we've done we've done some things where you where where when it's a make-to-order, when you break the geo it actually sends the instructions directly to the kitchen for them to fire the burger or fire whatever it is that they're cooking for you. And so when you pull up the curbside, you announce that you're there in a stall, say I'm in stall one, and they can then bring the food out to you. And so we've done it, Everybody has a different approach from a restaurant perspective, um, but we've done a lot of, of creative way, creative things to be able to support them, whether it's geofencing or announcing that you're there through an app or announcing that you're there through a kiosk in the uh, in the parking lot.
1: So how is all of this technology influencing the actual design of a restaurant?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm sure you've read these things as well. But I, I was reading a, a document or uh, an article the other day about Taco Bell and how they're rethinking their uh, their restaurant. Uh, I personally think that the restaurants of the future are going to be, and even the ones today will be retrofitted, but they will have a much smaller dine-in area if you think about a quick service restaurant. They will all have uh, dual drive-through lines because of the throughput that they're gonna need. Um, I think there'll be a specific area for curbside uh, pickup and I think it'll be uh, outfitted with digital screens that'll announce your name. So I'll drive in and I'll see my name on a digital screen and I pull into that parking spot and they'll bring the food out to me. So I do think think there's going to be a, a shift in how they how they actually stage the restaurant how they build out restaurants and the technology involved with the restaurant as they um, as they look at the future
1: and also a, a shift in the real estate that they're actually going to be interested in
0: yeah no question no question uh, people are going to need uh bigger parking lots right because they need they need to be able to stage curbside pickup to to, uh, to deal with the demand
1: yeah and accessibility you know a drive-through involves a lot of uh, a lot of just space
0: mm-hmm yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to see a lot of change there. There's been a number of articles uh, written about it, and I, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of my customers, our customers, are are talking about it as
1: well. So um, you wrote something recently for MRM on a very sexy topic, um, <laughs> antimicrobial <laughs> coding. and gotta tell you, it it attracted a, a lot of readers. So you know that tells me that that it is a topic that people are interested in and want to know about. Um, but can you explain why you why you thought it was uh, something that restaurant owners needed to know now, and why is it so important? Kind of what is it a little bit first? Um, and why yeah. is it a topic that um, they need to understand now?
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously everybody's worried about cleanliness of the restaurant, and you have to actually display that and show that to, to make sure consumers are comfortable. The antimicrobial uh, coating is really a coating that you can put on any shared devices, any shared technology devices, or surfaces for that matter. Um, but if you think about a point of sale, servers use that same point of sale on multiple servers. So we put this coating on, and, and it'll it essentially um, it makes it very difficult for any microbes, so a virus, a bacteria, or a fungi to actually attach to that surface. So it keeps the surface clean. It's a service we provide, and it's something where. I believe it's every 30 days that we have to go in and, and and reapply it, and it can be done by the restaurant itself, or we'll we'll actually provide a service to them and come in and do it for them. But I think it's something that's just going to help give your your staff a comfort level, and obviously the consumers or customers a comfort level as well as we go forward.
1: And is it something that's more geared for the QSR fast casual, or is it something that independent restaurants can also, um, you know, put in place?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. We we actually are doing it for both, so we have both. So I, my my local restaurant here uses it. Um, it's something that they use, and they actually have a sticker right on their machine to let everybody know that it's it's coated with an antimicrobial uh, capability or or uh, coating. Um, and then I think quick service restaurants are using it as well. Anywhere where you have shared devices or shared services, it's it's a great way to treat those to to avoid the spread of, uh, of bacteria.
1: And do you think that it's um... You know, is that one of a factor of things that restaurants can use to make guests feel safe? Um, You know, obviously, we're seeing, um, you know, people are not comfortable um, dining in. Um, You know, it's going to it's going to be a long process before before they are. Um, So are there other things that they can be doing or that should be on their radar to that they need to know about to make guests feel more comfortable?
0: Yeah, I I think the big push we're seeing right now is around touchless everything. And so guests don't want to touch the menu. They don't want to touch a receipt. And so our focus has been on how do we help restaurants provide technology to create that experience. So clearly they have to have a clean restaurant. They have to demonstrate that to the consumers, you and I, so we're comfortable. Outside of that, um, what we've done is we've actually put together these QR code based apps, so you can scan an app and it and it pulls up the the restaurant menu. You never have to touch their their portfolio, so to speak, or their menu. Um, I can order from that. I can keep my tab open for the entire time, so I can order drinks, then I can order appetizers, then I can order entrees at my leisure. Goes directly to the kitchen and then brings it out. And at the end, I can close out my tab, tip the waiter or waitress, and uh, be on my way. And so that touchless experience from a touchless menu to touchless ordering to touchless payment is something I think every restaurant's gonna want as as we come out of this pandemic.
1: So we kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but you know, about the human element and technology, um, but you know, as we get into this increasingly contact lists, um, how, how can people, how can restaurants work with guests to maintain that contact? Um, is it through social media, through awareness, Um, you know, that they can, they can still be provide a personal experience and, and, you know, as you say, delight their guests.
0: As I said before, I think loyalty is going to become more important than ever. Um, So I think historically people had loyalty programs with points. And so you gathered points and then you can spend the points. But I think understanding behaviors, being able to have thoughtful conversations with your, with your customers, either while they're there, um, or while they're on a digital app, a digital experience, or even to entice them to come back, I think that'll be the future. Is really is really understanding me as a person, understanding my behaviors, and understanding my likes, and then based upon that, how do you have a thoughtful conversation with me? And and we're we're engaging that directly into those those touchless capabilities. So if you think about it, in a touchless in a touchless app, if you have fifty things in a menu, wouldn't it be great to bring the five things I order always order to the front? And those are the types of things that we're doing. We're tying in loyalty with the actual digital experience. So
1: 2012, 2012, 2020, I wish, Um, you know, has been a year where uh, restaurants have had to pivot and adapt. Um, How has NCR adapted and pivoted this year?
0: Yeah. um, First, it's been devastating for a lot of restaurants, especially the small ones, the independents, as we talked before. Um, So we've done everything we can to help them. Um, one of the one of the really thing, cool things I'm proud of is when the government came out with the payroll protection program. Um, I think a lot of smaller restaurants had no clue how to get access to that money and how to apply for forgiveness of those loans as well. And so we formed a partnership with Nimbus, um, which is think about it almost like a lendingtree.com. They match a lender with somebody that needs a loan and they helped to facilitate the triple p loan and we we were able to help facilitate 20 million dollars with loans for these small businesses which was a godsend for them And, and we got so many great notes back from people saying thank you it was so easy and they couldn't have done it without us so that's one of the things i think we've done to help them outside of that my focus for the team has been take care of our customers our customers are in pain we have to take care of our customers so Everything we do proactively to keep them up and running, make sure that they can take a payment, make sure they can run the restaurants is critical uh, to me because I th- that's at the end of the day, the most important thing is to make sure our customers are up running and happy. And then the last piece I would tell you is we have put a, a, a heightened focus on innovation to make sure we can support the touchless environment. And we, just as an example, we launched mobile pay at the table uh, within two weeks. So it was a two-week project for us. We got it out and running with uh, with for customers, mobile pay at the table. It was forty-five days to launch our dine-in application. So we've got the team running at speeds that they've they've never run at before um, from an innovation perspective. Just because we're focused on on trying to help our customers and help the industry.
1: Obviously, this year has also been huge for restaurant technology. Um, how is it changing? Um, you know what what we're seeing. Um, and, and what you expect to see in the future, being that the future is kind of now.
0: I think it's going to continue to evolve. We talked about the format of a restaurant shifting, um, as that format shifts, I think technology become a a bigger part of, uh, of that overall experience. Um, as I mentioned, we saw in China, um, some coffee shops that had, essentially they were headless, right? They didn't have a point of sale system in, in the front of the house. It was all in the cloud and people were ordering on their mobile phones and it was going directly to the kitchen. And so I think we're going to see a continued evolution around that um, and how we can create more digital experiences either in-house or, uh, or remote um, so I could be off-prem and order something and have it delivered or picked up. Um, so I just think technology is going to continue to evolve. I think you're going to see more and more, more, and more signage, more and more uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, injected into these things. And uh, as as they do put more technology in there, that's where it comes back to my starting comment around the service people. We have fifteen thousand of them out there, ready to help support those things and make sure they're up and running, so that they can conduct business.
1: Without giving any trade secrets away, um, you know what's up next for NCR in terms of innovation. You know what what kind of products are are in the pipeline that restaurants can expect to see. Um, you know in the next year, next five years.
0: Yeah. There, there's a couple areas that, uh, that we're focused on. One is um, obviously the consumer experience and how we continue to evolve that and tie loyalty and the consumer experience tighter together. Um, so You'll see a lot of investment for, from us in that area. Um, the other area that we're keenly focused on is a general manager. Um, it's becoming harder and harder to manage these restaurants, given the, the volatility um, in the market. Um, how many people are coming in? What's your forecast? There's no history that they can actually rely on to forecast how much staff they need, uh, when they need the staff, all that sort of stuff, and if the staff will actually show up. Um, so we're we're focused keenly on that and how we provide some, some uh, artificial intelligence-based learning for them based upon the history and based upon the data in the marketplace. Um, so I think those will be two key focus areas for us as we go forward to help restaurants uh, come out of this pandemic.
1: What excites you about the future of restaurants?
0: Well, um, given that I eat out four to five days a week, um, I want them all to stay in business. So I'm a big big supporter uh, of them. And the, the best part about um, working in this industry for me is it's very tangible. Um, there are some industries where you can't actually see, um, one, what the need is of the industry, or two, you can't actually see the outcomes of your hard work. Um, but the, the good news about the, the industry that we work in is we can see what the problems are. We can address the problems with technology and innovation, and we can deploy those problems and see them in action. And that's very gratifying for me to be able to uh, to be able to help people um, and to be able to innovate, and then be able to see it in action and see the uh, see the benefits.
1: Do you anticipate seeing more ghost kitchens? You know, another topic that we hear a lot about: ghost virtual yeah. kitchens, um, and not necessarily just because of the pandemic. You know, it was a it was a trend uh, before that. Um, but do you anticipate, um, that projects like that will be put more in place?
0: Yeah, for sure. We've done a lot of work. Um, so, uh, we're doing work with, uh, Chipotle right now on a, on a digital kitchen. Um, so they have, they have a, um, they have a, a make line for the front of house and they have a make line at the back of the house. And that complexity between those two and how you manage them is really critical because you want to be able to load balance across them essentially. And so we built technology and by the way, this works for a ghost kitchen or, or a restaurant. We built technology that looks at the load of a restaurant to know where we should route that digital order. So should it go to a ghost kitchen that's five miles away or should it, should it go to a local restaurant that's a mile away? You want to go to the ghost kitchen if that local restaurant is really busy. But if not, it's more efficient to go to the local restaurant. And so I think we're, we're, we're building a lot of tech right now to help to load balance across the different entities. And ghost kitchens will be a reality in our future without question. Um, because they're going to need to to have spike capacity um, based upon digital orders coming in at peak times.
1: And what I guess advantages do they offer, both a QSR, fast casual, and an independent restaurant?
0: Ghost kitchens. I think I, I think it's going to come down to just being able to scale without having to uh, buy very expensive real estate. And so there's there are people that are setting up their own ghost kitchens. So some big QSRs that are that are doing their own thing. And then there are um, third parties that are creating uh, ghost kitchen i guess uh malls so to speak right where the whole bunch of ghost kitchens are, are underneath one uh one roof and i think it's going to be a very easy for very easy way for small independents to scale up uh their business without having to, to open new restaurants so to speak um and i think we'll see more of that as we go forward especially at the independent side um, because I, I think that'll give them the ability to grow without having to uh to invest a lot of capital in a brand new um, in a brand new location.
1: So that's something to look forward to on the independent side, that there's still somewhat innovation and ways that they can, um, you know, strive to be successful. So everybody is familiar with uh, NCR Aloha. Uh, anyone in the industry has has worked with it. Um, and you know, one of the definitions of Aloha is a force that holds together existence so how do you feel that ncr aloha is a force that holds restaurants together
0: well first it's a beautiful hawaiian hawaiian word right uh (laughs) if you've been to hawaii you say hello and goodbye using the same word i love it um i need to get back there soon um but at, at the end of the day aloha is that that central point of the restaurant it's a heart i call it the heart of the restaurant it is what you use to run and manage everything um from your staff to your customers, to taking a payment, it, it all goes through that kind of that core piece. And so um, I think it is the force that holds restaurants together, and that's why they rely on us.
1: Anything you can think of that we haven't discussed that you kind of have on your mind um, that, um, that you think restaurant owners um, should be aware of or need to know?
0: Not really, we had a, a, a very broad conversation here. I think um, if I was a restaurant order owner, I would, uh, I would focus on making sure I'm taking care of my guests, making sure I have a digital experience, making sure that I have a loyalty solution that allows me to have those conversations in both the physical and digital world uh, with my consumers, because I think that'll be really important. And, uh, and know that we're here to support. Uh, my focus, and my team's focus is on taking care of our customers and making sure we're doing everything we can to help them be successful in these very hard times.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me.
0: Barbara, thank you. It was, it was a delightful conversation and I hope you have a great day.
1: You too, thank you. Take care.